You're listening to The Uncommon Podcast, where we celebrate the stories of men and women who are living uncommon lives. These individuals pursue excellence and purpose in their relationships and work. They optimize their health and stewardship, and they embody victorious vision and fervent faith. Be inspired and encouraged to follow your own uncommon path and live a life of authenticity, accountability, and adventure. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Uncommon Podcast. I am your host, Philip. And I am Ryan. Welcome to another episode. We're glad you tuned in. Yeah. I love these. So what yeah, are we going to talk fun. about today, my man? Yeah, we're going to talk about... So the title of this is Be a Top Dog, Not a Lone Wolf. Oh! I thought you I thought you were going for a, for a howl there. I was like, oh, man, we channeled it. No, uh, no, but I do love this. Like, I love that the... Top dog always gets the best view. Okay. And think about dog sledding. My sister and brother-in-law took their family dog sledding when we went on this trip to Colorado. And it was like my my sister couldn't stop talking about it. Okay. And what she was talking about the most are the dogs. Yeah. Personalities and how she would always, she's a really inquisitive person. And so she would ask this person that was taking them that owned the dogs, why does this dog like out in the pack? And the owner's like, well, she, that dog's trying to like show me that he can be in the lead pack oh. and lead of all these, but prove himself. prove himself. And, and they introduce new dogs to this pack and they kind of like get them in line. Like huh. there's this cultivation of you want to please the owners and okay. these dogs love to run. And one of the things that my wife, my, my sister was worried about is like, is this kind of harmful for him? And <laughs> this lady was like, Oh no, these dogs could run a hundred miles yeah. and their favorite temperature is that like negative 10 to like 10 degrees Oof. and they can run hard Dang. and like they want to. And there's a thing that if you don't push your foot on the brake, they'll go like it's, they're just going to go okay. kind of like it's a drive like the in a default. car. Yeah. It's a default to drive. Right. And so, man, I just a really cool, you gotta be just being in a dog pack. Yeah. And the lead, you know, the, the lone wolf, like never really appealed to me anyway, but yeah, you can't be a, a lone wolf and be part of a dog sledding team. So <laughs> sure yeah, can. I think, uh, this, um, kind of emerged like lone wolf is a, a term or phrase that I've at least been hearing a lot more in like the man men's personal development mm-hmm. circles as a positive um, thing. Not usually. So yeah. it, I think typically it's a description that's prevalent, you know, typically given with like a negative connotation characterizes a man who rejects community and collaboration with others. Mm. So I think the question that comes to mind for me is like, is the lone wolf mentality, is it all bad? Can there be some, is there some gray area? Is there some good there? Even what are some healthy traits in possessing a lone wolf mindset? And then what's the difference between being a lone wolf and, and a top dog? Yeah, kind of kind of get into that. But let me ask you, like, what comes to mind when you hear the term lone wolf? Yeah, lonely. (laughs) It's in the name. (laughs) Yeah, it's lonely. I think that there's there's definitely a a, there's a history of why are you a lone wolf? Hmm. Because like if you really do like a lot of research on wolves, they they like to be in packs Hmm. and they like to hunt in packs. But there's times when a wolf will get kicked out of the pack. Hmm. What happened there? Why did they get? kicked out and so the lone wolf to me i just 
instantly go to like, well, what's the history of that? Like, yeah. it's not it's natural. going on beneath the surface. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so I think yeah, some associations, you know, individuality, a leader, mm. non-conforming, yep. rebellious, resourceful, like Phil said, lonely, vulnerable. I think if you're yeah, if you're That's alone, it's like there's powers in numbers. Yeah, uh, maybe antisocial. Is there an element of bravery there? Is there an element of foolishness by choosing to to be, you know, strike out on your own? So I was actually reading an article which broke down the top 10 signs that a person possesses lone wolf tendencies. And I'll link that in the show notes. You can can check that out. I'll preface this list by saying that the writer, I was surprised they kind of took more of a positive approach to the lone wolf mentality, maybe even celebrating it. So... Mm. We'll go through them one by one, and I think it'd be good to just discuss the potential merits and the shortcomings. So I'll kick it off. The first one that they touched on was high self-awareness. So a lone wolf is aware of their strengths, weaknesses, and potential. Uh, there's you know the idea of like introspection. So that's yeah. the method of observing one's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. This can be, I think, a healthy practice of like self-reflection. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think it's important to guard against like being overly introspective. So if you take that too far, I think it turns into like dwelling on your shortcomings or your mistakes, uh, asking why questions like, why am I feeling this way? Or or why did I do X, you know, Mm. insert. And I think that can cause us to settle on answers that only confirm our current beliefs. It's like, well, I did this because I'm this way. And then it just kind of hinders like discovery and, and growth. And so one thing that I've been learning is that it can be more helpful to ask like what or how questions. So instead of why am I feeling this way? Like what am I feeling right now in this moment? Or how might I have responded differently? Or how might I uh, try something different in the future? So when it comes to introspection and self-awareness, like we've talked about a ton. We'll always emphasize like the value of doing core values, mm-hmm. uh, that exercise. It's just great foundation for understanding like who you are and what you value. And that's a good kind of starting point for developing self-awareness. So yeah. What, what thoughts come to mind for you when it comes to like self-awareness? Yeah. I think that's a positive look on the lone wolf mentality. Uh, and I mean, it's, it's, it is important to understand, the why behind it. So just writing things down and then processing through, well, why am I like that? So I think it's good. Uh, the second thing that we wanted to talk to about and just the lone wolf mentality is just being a self-starter, highly motivated. Uh, they don't wait around for others to get started. Uh, they don't need permission to take initiative. This person is likely doesn't battle the uh, analysis by paralysis. Mm. Like the, I'm not going to, what, what am I going to do? No, they just do it. And <laughs> so Nike. Yeah. Uh, you can work with integrity and don't need to be micromanaged. That's a positive, let's yep. say. Uh, what p- potential pitfalls might this lead to, um, is if not practiced wisely, is jumping in without the clear direction uh, or a plan to lead to an unnecessary mistakes or setbacks. Not thinking analytically and weighing the potential risks can lead to a premature or dangerous decision making, and then get you in a pickle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to great to take risks, but yeah, calculated risks are- for sure and. Quick, quick shout out to my father-in-law. Like I'm kind of the guy who's like, Hey, make I err on the side of make a decision and then clean up the decision. What the consequences if it kinda? isn't the right decision. Right. Okay. But I'm always like, there's people who are analysis by paralysis. I'm like, well, 
when will you ever get off the pot? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like, well, let's just do it. So I kind of tend to be more of a self-starter lone wolf in this area. But my father-in-law is brilliant because we do projects together or we have in the past. And he was so good for my lone wolf mentality. And he would ask me questions of like, okay, if we did it this way, like you just said you wanted to, yeah. what about this? You know, and I'm like, oh man, I didn't think about that. Good point. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, and then takes me like a step back because I just saw an error in my ways. Instead of somebody's like, well, that's not going to work yep. because of this, this, and that. He allowed me to kind mm-hmm. of work through that myself. Yeah. He was such a good compliment of like my self-starter yeah. mentality. Yeah, that's great because I think that right there speaks to the benefit of a pack or a community because then you have people who think differently than you yeah. can look at the same project or challenge in a different way and mm-hmm. can challenge your thinking, kind of play devil's advocate. Whereas if you're off on your own, you're going to do it the way that you yeah. think is best and it might right. not be. So yeah, that was number two, self-starter, highly motivated. Third one is creativity and originality. So you can approach tasks and challenges with innovative and resourceful mindset. You paint outside the lines. You can see things that others tend to miss. Uh, what might be some potential pitfalls with being you know, very creative or original? I think a potential struggle to work well with and validate the ideas and contributions of others if you think that your ideas are the most creative and original, you maybe will tend to belittle mm-hmm. or not validate yeah. other people's contributions. And I think another kind of generalization is creative people. They're not always the most organized. Um, so while they have amazing ideas, they may lack like the vision or the the steps to like really execute on their idea. Mm-hmm. You hear like a lot of geniuses, like they're not the most organized people. No, no they need a lot of people around them, usually to get them geniuses. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So that was number three, creativity and originality. Yep. Number four is have a, a clear sense of what they want in a relationship. And this flows from the high sense of awareness. When someone has a deep understanding of themselves, they're in turn able better to understand others as well as to share their authentic self to their loved ones to be a partner or a friend, uh, be that of a partner or a friend. So uh, that might be a potential pitfalls to being a lone wolf in a relationship. Um, But I still think it's powerful if you understand your sense of what you want, you're easily understanding of what, how to, normally how to communicate that. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe this mentally that I don't need anybody could lead to the lack of vulnerability or transparency and difficultly opening up. So I think this is something just to have a clear sense of what you want in a relationship is really good, but also can be a pitfall because, you know, you can, I think also too in this, you can use people as a pawn mm. of like, hey, this is what I want. So I'm going to use them and going to manipulate them in a way. So you got to be careful with that. But I think for the most part, that's fairly good. Yeah. Another thing that just kind of came to mind as you were hitting on this. So having a clear sense of what you want in a relationship. My mind goes to someone who's looking for a spouse and you hear people like they have their list of like, these are my 50 or a hundred like non-negotiables that a spouse needs to have. And I hate to break it to you. No one can live up to that. Yeah. So high expectations. Yeah. I think a healthier approach is like, not who does my potential partner need to be, but who do I need to be for that potential someone so that I can be the best partner and really elevate them help them become their best self. Right. So kind of focusing on your your own need to, to grow. Right. Yeah. 
So that was number four. Number five. I have one word that's kind of like summing this all up, but keep oh, okay. going. Keep going. I'm super excited. <laughs> you don't want to share? Nope, not yet. Go to five. <laughs> Leave us in suspense. All right. Number five, little patience for small talk and or surface level interactions. So a lone wolf will desire authentic, transparent interactions with others where they can share openly, honestly, give others permission to do the same. Talking about the weather is common. We are uncommon. So we want to talk about uncommon, real things mm-hmm. like... How are our marriages going? Our relationship with our kids? Our health goals? What are our dreams? What adventures do we want to go on? And so on and so forth. What could be some potential setbacks to this? If you have little patience for small talk or surface level, you could be perceived by others as having a lack of empathy. It might come across as rude or pretentious. You may have little patience towards others for whatever reason. That's not really a recipe for strong relationships. So like the reality is that trust and rapport take time. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need to cultivate an environment of psychological safety in which other people feel a trust towards you so that they can share intimate details of their lives. Um, And that, yeah, that just takes time. And then it's so interesting. I just had this conversation. I just went on a guy's trip. So that's kind of fun. Ski trip. There's six of us. We've been going for three years. The group has been going on for a lot longer, but for some reason I got at it, ask and we're, <laughs> we're going and it feels great. But one of the people in the group is like the, I, I love the guy. I love the guy, but it's just like that commercial where like, don't be your parents. Oh yeah. Progressive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, nobody cares. Nobody <laughs> cares. He's, he, he airs on that side of things. Like he talks to everybody. Oh, Okay. And like everybody's best friend, everybody's best friend. And I think it's truly a gift of his. Yeah. And he came to me. He's like, it's surprising me that you're not that way when we're out and about. Oh, okay. And I was like, brother, like I, I have enough friends (laughs) and I don't see a lasting relationship for somebody that we're sitting in the hot tub with. Yeah. I have lasting relationships with these six guys. I'll pour into you. But when it comes to somebody sitting next to me at the, in the air, air, airplane or somebody like we just met on the street. I don't have a lot of patience for it. Like, (laughs) because I just don't see that lasting relationship. Now, if it will be, or like, Hey, are we going to talk next week or have potential? Yeah. I'll invest way more time in those relationships. But when we're traveling, let's be honest, never going to see this person again, never going to see this person again on the chairlift. They don't care. I don't care. You know, like, yeah, I fall kind of back on that. Like, it's not that I don't care. It's just, I just don't know how deep we can really get in a chairlift right up. Hmm. And so I really protect myself with those kind of conversations because it does, you know, take bandwidth and it's just, I don't see a lot of fruit from those hmm. um, other than, you know, maybe somebody gets out of it and maybe I need to think differently about that. But for the most part, I'm always like, stop like, Oh, Tom, like, here we go. <laughs> I love the guy though, but yeah. he's, he's, and he's really good. And he would say that's his gifting. And I would agree with that, but it's great how God's made us differently. Yeah. I'm just like, well, and I've been, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I'd, I'd probably push back a little bit and even say like, that's an area where I'm trying to grow and challenge myself because mm. yeah, do I think I'm going to end up being best friends with the guy I sit next to on the airport? Probably not. But do I believe that God gives us like divine appointments Absolutely. to to share loving encouragement and like the gospel with people for sure. And so I think we want to practice like sensitivity to God's spirit and just like see interactions with strangers as opportunities. Cause we never know where people are at in life. Like the struggles they're going through, heck you might have an opportunity to 
pray with somebody and whether they get saved in that moment or 10, 20 years, yeah, you might never know, but you, you don't know. So that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. try to try to seize those moments. Um, that's good. But yeah, there's a, there's a balance there. Um, I think another pitfall of just having little patience for small talk is like, it can cultivate like a lack of good listening skills. So if you get easily annoyed or disinterested in other people, you're probably not willing to do the important work of like asking generative mm-hmm. questions in order to get below the surface, you know, to the more important things. So mm-hmm. any other thoughts there? No, I think that's good. Cool. That's good. All right. So number six of prioritizing quality friends over quantity. That's what we're talking about. Right. That <laughs> sure is. Uh, going along with the lack of interest in surface level interactions, a lone wolf puts a higher premium on a few close friends than many loose wow, uh, this is like deja vu. loose acquaintances. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, lone wolves tend to be selective and strategic uh, with the people and the time that they invest in. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> Did we already just talk about this? <laughs> There's a quote from the psychologist Anna uh, Limind that sheds light on this. You see no point in having shallow relationships based more on social obligation than genuine interest. Thus... You will build relationships with friendships only with authentic, deep, and loyal people you resonate with. If someone turns out to be fake or a bad influence, you don't hesitate to cut this individual out of your life. Potential setbacks is you may get uh, so laser-focused on investing in your close friendships that you don't give anyone else the time of day. Uh, You've got your core group of friends that are set, and that doesn't allow you to be available to anybody else and you really might need to be a good friend with her God's putting in your life. So it's interesting yeah. thinking through that. Yeah, there's some nuance there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even going back to that quote, no point in having shallow relationships based more on social obligation than genuine interest. Like, I th- think there's a lot of people, and I'm guilty of this, that like we're just – we talk to people in public cause like we feel obligated and it's like, Oh, I don't know what to talk to them about. Like, let's talk about the weather and what happened right. in sports. And yeah. so just kind of those like trite, you know, interactions that we have with people as opposed to like, how can I in the next five minutes, like take genuine interest in this person, see them as created in God's image. They have good. inherent worth and dignity. I can find out like one cool thing about them. And just by taking interest in someone, like you can give them dignity. So mm-hmm. yeah. All right, number seven, moving right along. You are direct with others. So lone wolves don't beat around the bush or tend to mince words. They speak honestly and authentically. This helps mitigate misunderstandings and confusion as well as redundant communication. What are the potential setbacks? You can be perceived as rude or offensive. That can in turn lead to conflict. You may tend to speak without thinking through how your words will make other people feel. That's not Mm -hmm. good. Uh, Tendency to speak before like listening and fully understanding the other person. So, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Number eight is typically they're introverts or uh, lone wolves are typically introverts. Uh, they're recharge- recharging when they're alone. At the end of the day, a busy day, a lone wolf will want to go home, be alone, and maybe howl at the moon for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Literally. Yeah. Getting alone helps the lone wolf process through thoughts and emotions and gain clarity on their next decisions or moves. Potential negatives, uh, lone wolves tend to feel overwhelmed and drained in bigger groups so that those settings may bring out negative emotions in them or just running them down so much that yeah. they can't process in a, in a positive manner. Uh, they will be perceived an antisocial or standalone-ish when they're needing time alone. 
which happens a lot, obviously, because they're typically in, in, introverted. So Yeah. Cool. Number nine, they don't tolerate abuse or betrayal. Lone wolves don't take no guff or no flack from nobody. Those are your words of the day, guff and flack. <laughs> I feel like those are like what words my grandpa would have said. I don't know. But double negatives aside, the point stands. Lone wolves won't tolerate being disrespected. Disrespected, they make their boundaries clear. Lone wolves aren't easy to manipulate or string along. They are protectors. They stand up for themselves and those in their pack. They will remove anyone who does not abide by their quote-unquote code. Uh, I kind of was struggling to find like a negative here. So if you think of something, by all means, share. But obviously, like it's good to not tolerate abuse or betrayal. Yeah, I think that they're often, it can be that they jump to conclusions quickly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That would be my negative on that. Yeah, maybe like overly protective. So you're like choosing to see the bad that maybe isn't actually there. Okay. Yep. Uh, so number 10 is they fight for what's right. No matter what, uh, they never forsake their core values, your fight for justice, even in the face of opposition or unpopularity, lone wolves don't bend to peer pressure or threats. They choose the right path, regardless of what it may cost them personally. They know that there's no greater cost than losing their integrity. Potential pitfalls or lone wolves might hold unpopular opinions at times and therefore be ostracized from the majority because opinions and convictions can be confused, a lone wolf may not be open-minded to understanding and receiving the philosophy that inflects uh, with their staunch beliefs. Yeah, so I think they're just, that's something that I have to be mindful of. Like, what are my convictions that are unshakable? And like, that starts with my faith. Right. But then what are like my opinions or just my views of the world based on my upbringing and all these other factors that would really serve me to be more open-minded when I interact with people from other upbringings, other backgrounds, other, other, uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kind of how do I hold my convictions tightly and my opinions loosely? That That's good. Sense? That's a good thing. Yeah. So let me recap the 10 signs of lone wolf mentality. Number one, high self-awareness Two, self-starter three, creative or original four, know what they want in relationships. Five, little patience for surface level interactions. Six, prioritize quality over quantity relationships. Seven, speak directly. Eight, introverted. Nine, intolerant of abuse or betrayal. And ten, fight for what's right. So, Phil, what lone wolf traits do you observe in yourself? Okay, good question. I feel like are we like that seems pretty much positive. Lone wolf characteristics. Yeah, it'd be great to just look at the list and be like, oh, all ten. Yeah. But like, where's the dog? Like, where's the top dog? Not the lone wolf. Oh, we'll like, get there. Okay. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I see a lot of myself as a lone wolf. Yeah. The only difference is I do care for other people. Like I want to be part of a pack. Yeah. And it feels good when we're hunting down big things. Yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah, I see a lot of myself in that. Like there was a couple things that, you know, we kind of talked through like, yeah, that's me. Yep. Totally. Yep. Um, surface level stuff. Like I don't have time for it. Yeah. Um, deja vuing. Uh, so <laughs> fight for what's right. I sometimes just hold a very different opinion of others. Um, uh-huh. But hopefully I can, I'm okay with hearing other people's opinions, but mm-hmm. also know that I'm not going to waver in mine. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this is, this is a fun topic here as we kind of transition and distinguish between lone wolf and top dog. I want to ask this question or even kind of pose like why you shouldn't stifle the lone wolf within you. And I found a great story that I think is going to illustrate this. So okay. if you're a NFL okay. fan, 
Jamal Williams, he's a running back for the Detroit Lions. This guy is like a larger-than-life personality. So he's just hilarious. If you, you can search Jamal Williams on YouTube, like his his press conferences, his interviews with reporters are just hysterical. But his player intro at the Packers game, which is the last game of the season. So if you've seen these normally players, they say their name and their college they play it at. It's very cut and dry, very boring. Might be a Keen Peel fan. They did like the skit way back when, which is like the weirdest names. They're hilarious. But yeah, Jamal Williams does not does chose not to say his name or his college. Uh, he introduced himself as quote unquote Swag Kazakagi, leader of the hidden village of the Den, and then just gave like the goofiest smile. So this is a reference to I had to look this up. This is a reference to a character from the popular Japanese manga series Naruto. Uh, Jamal, wow. Yeah, Jamal Williams, huge uh, manga fan, huge Pokemon fan. He actually called out a reporter for calling it Pokemon. He's like, it's Pokemon. I think and I saw that video. Yeah, actually. it was so funny. But yeah, Williams is known for his pregame antics. He wears costumes. He does funny dance routines. And this is really cool. When asked by a reporter if his behavior was a distraction, one of Williams' coaches spoke to his defense. I couldn't find the actual clip, so I don't have the exact quote. But essentially he said... You have to let players be who they are as long as they're not harming themselves or anyone else. I don't have any issue with his goofy behavior. That's who he is. And to tell him he can't be who he is would be to kill him. It would steal away his joy and limit his play. Mm-hmm. I've been a part of organizations where that was the case, where players were discouraged from letting their creative individuality shine through, and it created a toxic environment. So I love that his coach like yeah, didn't take the bait, stood up for him. Yeah, Kind of attaching this story of Jamal Williams to um, just the idea of tribe. So the dark side of tribe, like in his book, Atomic Habits, James James Clear, he talks about the dark side of like your tribe or Mm -hmm. like your community. And he explains how the normal behavior of the tribe often overpowers the desired behavior of the individual. And he shares a study which found that when a chimpanzee had learned an effective method for cracking open nuts as a member of one group, and then it was placed into another group that was using like an inferior nutcracking method. The chimp actually avoided using its superior method just to blend in. Oh wow! So rather than like introduce this amazing technique that probably would have made it the most, you know, popular chimpanzee. He just goes back to the yeah. He's just like, all right, I'm just gonna do it like everybody else. <laughs> so Clear writes that there's tremendous internal pressure to comply with the norms of the group, and the reward of being accepted is greater in our minds than the reward of looking smart or finding truth. Most days we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than be right by ourselves. I think that's super powerful. So let me bring this full circle. In applying this logic to Jamal Williams, obviously he isn't a lone wolf. Like his very job requires him to be a part of a team. However, even within his team, he is his own man. He has retained his personal interests, his unique personality, which sets him apart from his teammates and even probably equips him to be a leader. Yet it's important to note that even as he was asked by reporters about setting a single-season rushing record, Williams noted he was more concerned with his team getting the win than hmm. he was in setting the personal record. So what I would say is like the main point, being a lone wolf who chooses to be on a team will actually make you a top dog. Oh, there it is. Boom. There it is. And your personal achievements will then contribute to the greater success of the group. Reflections, Phil, hit me. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do think that that's powerful. Like being an individual 
in part of a group that appreciates your individualism or uncommonness, as we Ooh, say. Oh, there you go. There it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it, one, it's attractive. But then it also cultivates this, this team atmosphere where your individualness can be uh, an asset to the group as well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a hindrance. Now, if he was doing these antics, because I know there's a lot of other NFL people that do antics, yeah. but they don't Chad really... Chad Ochocinco That could be a good mind. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but they don't really care about... It doesn't seem like they care about the team. They care about themselves. Yeah. And that's a quick way to get cast out of a tribe. Yeah, yeah. quickly. That's good. But what are your thoughts? No, I love what you said. We're, let's... Uh, We'll talk about like what are the benefits of being in, in yeah. community. Yeah. When it comes to habits, the closer proximity we have to someone, the more likely we are to copy their habits. Yeah. For example, if we have a close friend who quits smoking and takes up running, we're more likely to quit smoking and start running. The converse is also true. If you have close friends who become obese, you're more likely to become obese. So it all comes down to what tribe are you part of. And uh, quickly, we'll go back to James Clear, but writes that because uh, we soak up the qualities and practices of those around us, one of the most effective things that we can do to build better habits is join a culture where we have desired behavior uh, is the normal behavior to like continue to level yourself mm-hmm. up. Uh, and this is exactly what we're trying to do with the Uncommon Fraternity. Uh, we've created a community for men, uh, many who possess like lone wolf traits, uh, who are enduring to grow as husbands, fathers, friends, and men. And by regulating connectivity with each other, discussing our habits and goals, we are shedding the negative mindset and tendencies and adopting each other with positive mindsets and qualities as a result of being of a group that are top dogs that are improving each other. Yeah. And just this morning in a call, somebody's like, hey, hold me accountable to eat better because yeah. I haven't been. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would say that's myself as well. Yeah. So I think it's really powerful to talk about what tribe we're in. And I had... Uh, kind of a weekend where I talked about the birds and the bees with my son. Oh, wow. One of the things that we went to, it was called Passport to Purity. It's all kind of set up for you, which is super fun. Um, so you don't have to like go and think about all this content because it's kind of hard stuff to think That'd about. That'd be daunting. Right. But the first section was basically this thing, like you are who you surround yourself with. And his uh, example was if you have one bad apple and you put them in with uh, good apples in a bag, they all turned rotten very quickly. Mm. And so thinking of who are you surrounding yourself with? And if that little saying is true, you are who you surround yourself with, what does your future look like? Is it positive? Is it negative? And then also how authentic is that group that you're mm-hmm. around? Because I can't think of so many stories of like, you think a leader is above reproach and it comes out like whammo, like, yeah. He's not. so and, it, and likely didn't have a lot of accountability. Yeah, because he's he's thinking he's a lone wolf and nobody can be up to his level. Yeah, yeah he's above reproach. He's above reproach. And man, what a scary place. And the devil wants you to be there, by mm. the way. Uh, and so thinking about just the people that you're surrounding yourself with, the authenticness of it all, that saying, hey, I'm not doing this right, is probably the most like genuine thing you can do. Um to help us become better. And that's yeah. what we're doing with that. Yeah. Question, question for you. So we've kind of already touched on it as we kind of wrap this episode up, but what comes to mind for you when you hear top dog, not to be confused with big dog billiards, where you are a frequent patron and pool shark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man. If you know, you know, you yeah. know, 
<laughs> Still got to get the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're part of a pack. They're respected. People want to be a part of their pack because they're treated well. Mm-hmm. This is what I think of. Uh, they run hard. They run fast. I'm thinking of dog sledding now. <laughs> uh, and and they're, they're furry. They're furry. <laughs> they're cuttable. Like you can just now you're just them. talking about dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, there's there's a sense of becoming better. There's a sense of being unified in one goal. That's what I think about yeah. Top Dog. What about you? Yeah, I kind of created just a short list. Not exhaustive by any means, but the first one, they bring out the best in those around them. Mm. Uh, they allow others to thrive in their giftings. So mm-hmm. a, a Top Dog doesn't view themselves as someone who's gifted at everything. They're gifted in some ways, mm-hmm. but they can also surround themselves with others who have different giftings in it. What is it? A rising tide lifts all boats yeah. type thing. Uh, the second is their approach to the group is primarily to add value. So not a mentality of like, hey, what can I get from these people? But rather primarily, what can I give? Mm-hmm. And there's a Zig Ziglar quote, like, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough people get what they want, which I think is powerful. Mm-hmm. Three is they galvanize others so they know how to inspire and encourage people to to act and move towards a you know a unified goal. Four, they request, this is big, and this goes back to, our leader who, you know, doesn't have accountability and falls. Mm-hmm. I think a top dog will request and receive constructive criticism and accountability with humility. So when the people that they trust around them point out blind spots, they won't get defensive or mm-hmm. cast that person out. They can, with humility, receive that and mm-hmm. say, okay, I need to get better. Mm-hmm. Five, they are capable of casting relentless vision and, and inspiration to their team. So mm-hmm. they can dream big picture and then communicate that effectively to their team. And then six, you know, let's, let's tie it to Jesus Christ. Like they're servant leaders. So Mm -hmm. they, they lift other people up. So, yeah, I think that's good. I don't, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so this is what I'd ask. So going through those two, which one would you rather be? (laughs) Lone wolf, top dog. Yeah. And can a top dog be, Are, are they different? Yeah. Right. Like, Maybe all the good characteristics of a lone wolf, they also could be a top dog. Yeah. But when those bad, those good characteristics turn bad right. or hit those pitfalls that you talk about, like that's when you're easily cast out yeah. and you're on your own. You're yeah. You kind of like ostracize yourself, whether mm-hmm. or not you leave the group or not, you can still feel alone yeah. and be a part of a group Yeah, because of yeah. how you've acted towards others so right yeah i think the goal is to be a top dog but that mean that doesn't mean you shed all of your individuality just as we talked about jamal williams like you can be crazy and hilarious and goofy and have good skills and qualities that uh, really benefit the group yeah there's a the top dog mentality to me here's where to try to boil it down is very self-promoting it's kind of about you in a way like yeah if other people fall in line we're good but if it doesn't, it kind of goes south quickly. So it's very you-oriented. Or, and I don't think that's all bad at times. It's when you ostracize people around you or you basically you're prideful is yeah. when that goes into the other end. Where a top dog is really about other people. It's thinking about the team. It's thinking about how could best fully utilize other people's gifts and, and yeah. serve other people. Um, so I feel like there's almost like when it gets to a individual self-promoting pride that's top that's a lone wolf mentality mm-hmm. in the negative uh when you when you're really focusing on others that's where the top dog comes yeah in. am exactly. i wrong 
no, I think that's good. It's like, how do I help others get to the quote unquote top yes. of the mountain? Yes. You know, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not always going to be here, you know? Right. So yeah, that's good. Um, I think uh, just as we close, I would, you know, action steps, we always try to give them. I'd say reflect on the that top 10 list, that signs of lone wolf mentality, determine the qualities that you possess, you know, the good and the bad. Yeah. Obviously embrace the good ones and try to yeah. elevate those and negate the the negative ones yeah and make sure that you are in community absolutely it doesn't matter which one but if you don't have one check out the uncommon fraternity which is our kind of call group that we do every wednesday morning um so we'd love we'd love to have you we'd love to have you be a part of that i feel like every guy that jumps on actually does get a lot out of it ryan does a great job of like not only following up but gives us like tools and and ideas to help further and being more authentic but also like keeping us striving to be the best version of ourselves so i love that call i love that community yeah, it's very life-giving it is and the more people that are kind of getting engaged with it are like wow like this is really good and yeah. this is something i think i need yeah we're we're a wolf pack i think of uh i think of uh uh the hangover <laughs> talk about wolf pack yeah. we're, we're not doing the illicit things that he mentions uh it's a, it's a healthy wolf pack but yeah we have fun good, well good. thanks for listening though yeah we'll see you on the next one Thank you for listening to The Uncommon Podcast. If you have benefited from our show, I would ask you to follow, rate, and review, and share our show. And be sure to check out our website at theuncommon.com, where you can learn more about our mission, sign up for one of our live experiences, and take advantage of many resources that will empower you on your uncommon journey.